0: And that's why they're called Mixed Feelings. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, a podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson.
1: And here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Wright.
0: You know, another week has come and gone.
1: It has. It has. And it's
0: It's been okay. Yeah. I mean, not, yeah. Not much more than okay. I don't know about you, but um, we got hurricaned today it
1: came and whacked us today too yeah
0: and um those of us those of our listeners in the south area um closer to the coast are having a bit of an issue right now so uh thoughts with all you guys um i saw a picture of a place called Florabama, which is uh down in uh kind of the gulf shores area that is a very popular uh music venue um and it was underwater oh which is not good
1: Sorry, Floribama.
0: Yeah, so hang in there, guys. Um, You know, why not add a hurricane or two to the pylon that has been this year? Absolutely. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, uh, how has your week gone so far?
1: You know, not too bad. Haven't uh, done much music-wise. It's been a a pretty intense week at work, so um, that's kind of been my focus. About you.
0: Sometimes it bees like that. It does. Uh, So we have three dates coming up in the next two weeks so that has um we've kind of been talking you know the the lines of communication have come back up and so there's a lot more back and forth which is really good we don't really haven't been talking a whole lot i mean there hasn't really been a good reason to yeah um so in in, uh in anticipation of that i did re-up my band helper account um which i'm you know, I posted about on the uh, Facebook group yep. uh, to see if anybody may be doing some doodads that I'm not doing. I'm really, not really. I kind of apparently am using it what the way that most people do. Pretty much. But um, so set that back up and got the songs and the set list kind of figured out. And then um, just kind of, yeah, just... I, I'm staring at a creative project that never got finished that I'm going to have to start and finish this weekend um, in anticipation of these shows, uh, which are the Rubik's Cube. Yeah, things. new cubes,
1: new cubes. Yeah. What's the, um, the plan for those in terms of stage plot?
0: So basically, we had three of them. And then I um, disassembled them and took them to a bandsaw. And I made five half cubes hmm. out of the three that we already had.
1: So you just shrunk them.
0: Yeah. I, so I made, I made three, three dimensional cubes into like five, two and a half dimensional cubes.
1: What's it? I can't, what's my brain hurts. So, what's a two and a half dimensional cube.
0: So basically if you take, take a cube, but then take the back two sides off. Oh,
1: so it's just, it's, it's, it's four sides of a cube.
0: They are set pieces, set basically.
1: pieces. They don't have a bottom or a back.
0: They don't have a bottom Well, they don't have a bottom or two sides. They're basically like you would use them in oh, kind of like a Oh, You'd triangular. use them diagonally.
1: It's a th- it's a three sided proposition. I see
0: a three sided cube, which yeah. makes no sense.
1: Well, three. Yeah, it's like in the corner of a cube. But uh, but they um here's the thing. They'll pack nicely. They'll nest in each other. You can carry them all together. Yes, that's a good. They thing.
0: Th- these five now take up the space of one. Yeah. Um, which was a a very big value add for us as far as carrying them around. So, uh, they're also much lighter. Uh, Cause there's less of them too. Yeah.
1: Move. Excellent.
0: So um, I've got one side masked and <laughs> I only have like 15 more sides to do. Nice.
1: Are you going to do some finished, some like solved and some all scrambled?
0: No, we'll probably all do them one solid color per right, side. Well. Like they've already been solved. Cause that feels like less work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> It'd be fun to have comparatively like one that's not um, solved.
0: The other weird thing that's happened is that in the process of doing these shows, I've gotten three more inquiries about other gigs. So um, what was going to be one show in September has now turned into six shows over the course of four weeks.
1: Well, okay. And you feel and, good about um, the setups? You feel like they're being yep, managed well? They're
0: all they're all outdoor, um, socially distanced events. Okay. And, you know, the money's there. So I, I feel no hesitation to take them. Great. Yeah, very so good. I feel pretty good about that. Very good. Another thing that I bought, I was showing, uh, Dan, before we started is, um, they were doing some special at the CVS with this boost pure oxygen canisters that you're apparently supposed to like huff these things. And it's supposed to help you like catch your breath if you're out of breath. And since no one's been doing full shows in the past five months, Mm. I figured, you know, might as well take all I can get. Sure. And, um, anecdotally it feels fine. I mean, I don't feel any different, but feels like breathing. it does feel like breathing, but it's uh, five liters of 95% pure aviators breathing oxygen. So we'll see if that makes a difference or not. Otherwise, I just look like I'm huffing.
1: I mean, I'm and in that, favor of breathing generally.
0: Yeah. I mean, it could, it's not going to hurt. No. I just not, don't know if it's going to help. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What you got beverage-wise tonight there?
0: Um, Just doing the uh, Heineken 0.0. Uh-huh. Um, It was taco night. And mm. So I've already had a margarita, sweet, with my dinner, sweet, and uh, and a couple of those uh, Michelob Ultras. So I figured I'd just go ahead and, you know, call it a night. Between that and the
1: oxygen, we'll uh, will have all the yeah, alertness I'm, you need to to I broadcast. Should have uh, my wits about me. This is good. This week, this for is good. Sure. This will be this will be a step up from our usual, and a step <laughs> down for me. I have um here um a, a mixed beverage.
0: Ooh! Yeah. Is that a big old, big old ice cube? I did.
1: I got myself a great big old ice cube tray, so it's one massive cube of ice. You can just
0: yeah make out the for all of you in the podcast land, that's right?
1: And um and and what is around it? The beverage that's around it is a Negroni.
0: Yes. Oh yeah, good. Okay.
1: Yeah, which I like a lot. So
0: it's got what aperol in it?
1: No, no, uh, gin, Campari, and sweet vermouth.
0: Campari. That's what I. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. of. Yeah. Yep. A, a bitter aperitif. Yep.
1: Easy to build. Tasty. Not too there high cal, go. So,
0: yeah, yeah, it's all right. So um, in other news, I guess the other thing that I guess we should be talking about is that I don't know if anybody saw this on um, the interwebs, but Fender had reported that they had the highest sales record of their entire history this past year.
1: Now, you mentioned that on chat, and I didn't I didn't really dig into it because I wanted to get the story from you. Did they yeah. um, theorize any theories about why that might be, Adam?
0: I mean, I think we all know yeah, what the, uh, what the reason is, yeah. is because everybody's stuck at home yep. and, um, you know, they, uh, on some of the other podcasts, uh, they have started doing, um, a lot of promo for their, their tutorial, their lesson system. Yeah. So, uh, let's see here. It was only three years ago that the Washington post declared the, um, the death of the electric guitar, <laughs> and but the New York Times uh, argues that guitar is not only alive and well, but thriving in a way it hasn't in many years. Sure, um,
1: just ask Post Malone. Yeah, he's a guitarist. Double d-
0: yeah. So biggest year of sales volume in Fender history, record sales, double digit growth, e-commerce sales, beginner gear sales.
1: Yeah, double digit growth. I mean, it's been a weird year. Yeah, it's the year for e- everything's going to either collapse or thrive. That's how this year's going to go.
0: So, uh, talking about their uh, tutorial thing, they have a, their their guitar instruction app is called Fender Play. Yes. Um, in March, they had roughly one hundred and fifty thousand users. Okay. So by late June, they had nine hundred and thirty thousand. <laughs> oh my god! Well. And um, new female users increased from thirty percent to forty-five percent. Excellent. That's those are all good things.
1: Yeah, all good things.
0: Um, same thing has gone with Gibson and Martin. Apparently their numbers are up as well. Um, but fender was the one that was really like getting it done. It's great. So good for them. Um, I own fenders. I don't own fender stock, but maybe I should, uh, maybe I should get some.
1: I do the one, the one sort of big name brand guitar that I own is a fender. Yep. Apart from that, I'm a, an entirely a cheap guitar guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a fender. I've got a Gibson. I've got a Taylor. Um, and then uh technically the Steinberger that I've got is a Gibson right. uh, brand. Um then I've got a couple of other ones that, you know, are either not well G and L's, which is a is born of Fender, but right. not right. Fender related. Right. Um and then Fernandez, which
1: has all but disappeared. So there you go. You know, my guitar, I don't know if I ever told you about my original, my first electric guitar. It's actually sitting. Oh, I think you did me.
0: it was the it's the red strat, isn't it?
1: It's a Strat-like thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's cool about it, I'm holding it up for those of you watching the video of this, mm-hmm. is it's got this uh, metallic mica paint that just looks yeah. amazing under lights. It's so good. And the brand of it, I don't know if you can see that, is a Tanara. Yeah. Tanara. Household name. Yeah. Yeah, if you Google that, there are like four of those in the world, and they're not worth anything. But
0: uh. <laughs> it's, uh, it's funny. I, I actually have this one over here because I wanted to show you it
1: here we are doing visual showing of things on a podcast. It's fantastic that you yeah, there So it is.
0: I got the Steinberger back. Yes. And for those of you who are watching, I did get the middle pickup replaced with a, a, um, all of those are GFS guitar fetish pickups. Okay. Um, spent maybe 60, 70 bucks on the entire set, but man, having a high output, mm. uh single coil in the middle just opens that guitar up. I'm sure. And, um, I'm very, very pleased with, uh, with how it plays and how it sounds now. So, Sweet. um, it, it will definitely be getting its workout. The, the Explorer is still not back. Um, we, it, we're just having issues with the nut. So, um, it got so bad that the, my luthier buddy, um, had to actually order a nut, a bone nut blank, hmm. uh, from the distributor and he's going to have to hand cut it. Wow. Okay.
1: Yikes. Cause,
0: cause the one that he bought just was too, it, 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 yeah, it was bad. Bad.
1: Okay. So they'll figure it out. I mean, the thing about is they figure it out.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the whole point of the uh, that whole profession. Yep. Yep. Well, I think I think that's it. I think we're all cut up. All right. So let's talk about fans.
1: Let's talk about fans. Uh, this is the this a is a topic. Fan I, talk. This is a topic I wanted to bring up for a while because, um, you know, Adam, do you have do you have people? The people I'm talking, I'm thinking about here are the ones yep. who just like turn up at all your stuff, you know, like those kind of diehard folks. Um, um And, you know, surely members only has those people who are like at, at all yep. your things. Um, And uh, I just, I, I, uh, you know, I can't, I can't even talk about them without mentioning a couple of them. Right. My, my, my friend Diane Chase, who um, I first met her, I was playing a solo gig at a brewery in town. Um, the one that I used to do the trivia at, which just closed for good this week, uh. Yeah, closed for good. Um, so it was a bummer, but, uh, but anyway, so i I'm in better times. I was there playing a solo acoustic show and she walked in, she had some time to kill before a, um, dead tribute band. She was going to see, She was wearing a grateful dead shirt. So I saw her and I pointed at her and I pulled out Scarlet begonias, not the flowers, the song. And, uh, um, yeah. And, uh, and played that and she enjoyed that. And then she hung out for a bit and I said, Hey, any requests? And she mm-hmm. said, Um uh, comfortably numb. And so I did comfortably numb. Um, no, no, no. Sorry. Wish you were here. Wish you were here. Yeah, And, um, you know, we just sort of chatted at, at break. I just hung out with her a little bit and had a beer with her and, and, um, and then she started coming to my stuff. And literally since that night, she's been to Ninety percent of the shows I put on, and she's uh, okay. she's just like a just diehard, just just like amazed, like a, to, to to the point that like if I'm playing and mm-hmm. she's not there, I'm not quite sure who I am, right? Like just like <laughs> she she is integral yeah. to to the thing.
0: It is an institution.
1: In totally, totally life. in all the formats. She's come to the Cold Iron Ray. She's come to the Clanky Lincoln, She's come to all of it, and um and I have a few like that, you know, um who came to a show and we connected with them and then they've come to a bunch of stuff ever since. And, and, and I think the thing that, um, that I wanted to chat about is sort of how you, how you build a fan base really is one person at a time. And maybe there's a, there's a, there's a threshold you get to. I mean, I think about the pork tornadoes who, you know, their one person at a time is happening a hundred a night exponential right times. it's there's like a level you can, but it's still one person at a time falls in love with what you do comes to all your stuff and that's it's a very um, a fan sort of connecting themselves with a performer is a very personal and a very one-on-one kind of phenomenon absolutely and um, and so the thing is that how do you what could our strategies be for nurturing that developing that turning that one person into ten into a hundred? right
0: um well especially right now where totally um, personal connection is is hard yeah it's 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 almost impossible yeah when you you know trying to figure that out with uh where you can't really like be with people
1: yeah and and, and you know the, the there's value to it even i mean even the live streams i've done diane's been at those um, Michael Rubin's been at those penny DePaz has been at those like my regulars, my people yeah. have been, have been the people that have been there reliably at my, at my live streams. Yeah. You know, so it, that feeling, that connection survives pretty much anything. Um, and you know, I'm friends with them now. I know their kids. I've been, I've been to, um, Diane, uh, she's heavy duty into tie dyeing. She's a total deadhead. So she's yeah. a tie dyer and she, 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 goes, she, her nickname now is tie Diane.
0: Oh, I get it. And, I
1: get it. Yeah. And, um, you know, so we went to her house and did some tie-dyeing with, you know, her kids and my kid and had a whole thing. And, um, you know, there's there's a degree to which that kind of personal connection doesn't scale. Right. <laughs> you know, you're not going to be able to do that with 100 people in a week.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like there, there are ways of doing it at a level of... I mean, for lack of a better term, a level of celebrity. Yeah. But it takes a certain, it takes a number of certain things that you you either do or don't have control over. Yeah. You know, when you're thinking of um, the way that like bands kind of blow up in mainstream, you know, m- music in general, mm-hmm. it usually has something to do with, um, a member of that band being attractive and people being attracted to that person and them having some kind of charisma that kind of builds on itself. Yes. So, you know, I'm trying to think of a, you know, like let's say Harry Styles. Sure. So, you know, talent aside, he's a handsome guy. Yep. And then you, uh, then you listen to him and he's very very good Yep. and his songs are very good but also like the material that he makes is very i would say female centric
1: yes and his much- and his videos are very very much sort of fun hang out you know kind of romantic edge of romantic but not heavily not no pressure around that yeah
0: well or you know you know we we've talked about adore you a lot that's yeah. that's definitely like a an infatuation Sure. kind of crushy song and I don't know many girls who wouldn't want a handsome guy like Harry Styles saying, just let me adore you. Yeah. They'll be like, okay, that's fine. I don't mind that. Right. Um, we don't always have the ability to draw that kind of uh, juice towards us. You know, we're not, not all of us are blessed
1: with <laughs> Styles. Harry Styles level charm. Good looks. Good looks. No, but I think, I do think that there's um, there's something about, and I don't even like calling it charisma because that makes it seem like it's some inborn, you know, like your D&D character has a certain level of that. And that's just the truth. Charisma is not really about some quality you have. It's about how you engage. Charisma is a thing you do. It's not a thing you have.
0: Okay. Can I push back on that a little bit? Absolutely. So I'll I'll go ahead and say this, that um, in my general kind of like day to day, I don't come – like I'm not a charismatic person. I would say that my general disposition, um, I come across as standoffish and not like welcoming or right. something that I hear a lot. Um, and it, it, that also translates into when we play shows. Um, I don't get a lot of warm fuzzies from people after we finish and I want them, it, you know, in my heart, that is what I want more than anything. It is more than likely why I do this in the first place. Uh-huh. Um, but because of, you know, however I'm broken, <laughs> um, I don't know how to show that to people um, externally. Well, well,
1: I think that, I think there's a, there's still, see, I wouldn't get hung up on charisma looking any particular way either. I think that there's a way that you present yourself on stage. It's very cool. Very, um, uh, you know, even an aloof stage persona yeah. is can be charming and appealing. You know, look at um I don't know Oasis, right? Like same yeah. it's, it's the same kind of concept. Um you know, in my band, both Justin and I lean heavily into like goofy, funny, your friend all day long. Um but, you know, cool badass rock and roller is also a an attractive stance, you know. And I think you yeah. I think you you, you know, the, in the certainly in the performance videos I've seen of you, you hit at least that note. Um, if not also some connection. Um, but I think that that connection is the thing. I think that connection is what, um, at least you want your stage vibe. We've talked about stage vibe before. It's been a while, um, to be something that people can see something attractive in, whether it's like attractive in the, in some traditional way or not. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you hang out with, I mean, you know, maybe in a, in a corporate gig or a wedding, you wouldn't so much, but in like a bar gig, do you hang out with people in the audience at break and yeah, stuff? Yeah,
0: like I definitely try to, yeah. um, you know, maybe not on the break, but like post show. Mm-hmm. we we'll, we're definitely out on the crowds. Yeah. Um, the thing I struggle with as far as like in between sets and stuff is just getting enough rest. Sure. Vocally. Sure. Um, and shouting over people you, it is always kind of a bad way to start yeah. a second. Step. Yeah, bad scene. Um, but yeah, I try to I try to be you know in the mix there, um, and that's one thing I'm trying to figure out with these these shows coming up is like we we really can't do that. Mm. We can't go out right. And, right. and share that kind of connection. Um, I'm just trying to figure out the best way to like uh, be out there and and at least get people's information and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I, I was actually thinking about um that we might be able to utilize are the guitar picks there you we go yeah so um you can people like say hey how do i get in touch with you well you, you you give them one of these with the qr code and say hey here's all of our stuff oh another thing that we did i did this week it wasn't we because i ended up having to do all of it right is i like i revamped a lot of members on these websites mm-hmm. because some stuff hadn't been working and um I was like, oh, you're, you've you got to update to the latest version of WordPress because it's a WordPress site. Right. And I tried to do that. It's like, well, you can't do that because you don't have the latest version of PHP. And I'm like, well, how do I do that? And i was <laughs> like, well, apparently you do that on GoDaddy's site. So I had to go on GoDaddy site, back at my website, and update the PHP so I could go and then update WordPress so I could then go and update Divi, which is the builder on WordPress that right. we built the site right. on. Right. And then I, I redid all of our graphics on our um, navigation bar. Cool. So those are all like uniform and and kind of dolled up. Um, So if you go to membersonlyatl.com, you can see some of the some of my handiwork. Um, It took me three days and like bugging a total web dev stranger (laughs) that I found on like a marketing group uh, to help me figure it out. But um, that's another one of those fun. You know, if you can't hire somebody, do it yourself, and you know feel like you want to kill
1: yourself. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: But yeah, so you know. but being able to connect with people that way um, because it's just going to be hard to, to do that one-on-one thing um, IRL.
1: Yeah. Right now it's impossible.
0: So, you know, one thing that I was, I was talking to you about was, well, how do you do that? Right. You know, doing it in, in, in the moment when, you know, it's normal is you do, you go into the crowd and you say, Hey, what's your name? And you, you know, you make connections and you, build this network and you do it one by one and hope that what you, what you can do is you can turn somebody from a general enthusiast or a person who is appreciative of your work and turn them into a brand evangelist more or less. Yeah, absolutely. So that they share their inform, They share your, your stuff with their friends.
1: Absolutely that. I mean, I will say that the majority of the people that I count as those regulars came to our, their first show with another one of them. So, you know, like yep. they, they snowball, they build, you know, so, it, so for sure it's that. And, you know, I think that there's, there's a lot of brand connection with it too. You know, we have made in the Clanky Lincoln's a very deliberate choice to be a brand that is fun, friendly, relatable, um, fun to hang out with, yeah. um, in that moment of meeting people in the crowd, our posture is always sort of one of gratitude. Like, thanks so much for coming. Great to have you here. Oh my God. You know, like that. Um, and I think that's, that's, um, you know, for us, it really works to have us be just your, your buddy. Yeah. Um, but that's a brand choice. That's not the right thing to do.
0: Yeah. It's just what works for you guys. Yeah. Well, and let me ask you this. Do you think that the people that are coming to these shows are, brand evangelists for the clanky Lincolns or are these people Dan Ray evangelists?
1: There's certainly crossover. There's certainly crossover. The ones who are Dan Ray, I would say they cross from Dan Ray to the band more often than the other way around. Um, although there's, there's, it's cross pollinating, you know, I'll see people who I've only ever seen at clanky Lincoln shows turn up on, you know, commenting on my live streams and and that sort of thing. Um, so, I don't I wouldn't say it's particularly one or the other. I think there are a lot of ways a lot of ways in. But you know, yeah. part of part of the thing with the 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 position of being your buddy and your friend and, you know, personal relatedness stuff happening at our show is that it ends up being personal. You sure. know, there've been there been um several shows <laughs> that um we grabbed somebody that we met in the audience that night and took him to dinner with the band at the end of the night. Like some couple okay. that was there and had a great time and you know, it was her birthday. So we're like, hey, come to dinner with the band. And, you know, those ones come back. Yeah. <laughs> the minute you've kind of wrapped your arms around someone that, that significantly, you know, uh, yeah. not that I'm saying you need to be, um, whatever, a band slot or something like that's yeah, a little, I mean, that
0: needs, you know, yeah, it needs to feel authentic. Yeah, exactly. You
1: know? Exactly. No, you couldn't do that as a strategy.
0: Yeah.
1: That would be really weird. But, um, but there've been times when like we found ourselves out at the diner at the end of the show with like the band and the wives and th- these people <laughs> you yeah. know. and it's fun. It's great. And then they are lifers.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think what I was trying to kind of like point to is that, you know, does this pour over from band marketing to personal branding? Mm. And so you're kind of a part of you benefits from being in the, "Quote unquote Dan Ray business." Sure, and so you know the the conversation that we had with Finn a couple of weeks back um, really kind of knocked a few things loose for me. Mm-hmm. I was always, and this is this is apparently an outdated mindset, and I that's fine. I've been on social media for twenty years now at this point. Um, is that you know you have your band accounts and you have your personal accounts and. They don't necessarily do the same thing. Yeah. And what I have found is that over the past few years, I post to my personal account less and less and point, post to my band and podcast and those accounts more and more. But what I'm finding out is, is that, you know, in order for people to know what you do, you kind of have to find a way to, it needs to be more of like a central radiating, you know, source of information. Yeah. And so in my case, I really needed to start talking about what I do with my immediate you know, network of people mm-hmm. because I haven't, I've intentionally not done that. But what happens is then I mean, you have a bunch of people that go, Oh, you're in a band or, Oh, you have a podcast who I know, like, like intimately as a person. Yeah. Um, so I, I have completely turned that whole model around. And if you follow, <laughs> if you follow me on uh, Facebook and Instagram, you're going to see a lot more cross pollination and stuff because, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that I, I am doing a lot of work and I'm, uh, and now I think more people know about it. Yeah, which is only, which, which can only be a good thing.
1: Yeah. Now, it, um, tell me, I, I haven't asked you about this. Yeah. Um, the the change to your social handle. Yes. That Happened in the last week. Do you want to say a little something about that?
0: So yeah, um, up in, like literally since I got an Instagram account, my my name has been Adam J music because that's what I was trying to posit myself as. Um, but if you are looking at that from a personal branding standpoint, I'm not just a musician, you know, it was a thing that very much defined my personality Mm -hmm. and what I have done for the past 15, 20 years. However, you know, over time that doesn't necessarily show, the, you know, it doesn't show the full picture. So I opted to change it to my name. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately for people with common names, like Adam Johnson, <laughs> uh, it was already taken. Yep. So I have my entire name first, middle and last, uh, which oddly enough, wasn't taken. And I know another Adam Patrick Johnson, like in my immediate circle of friends. Wow. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a very common name.
1: That's interesting. Dan I'll Ray. There like, are a lot of Dan Ray's in the world, but I don't know any of them like socially.
0: Yes. Um, I, I worked at the same organization as this person. We drove the same car when I started. It was, wow. It was, yeah, super bizarre. Wow. Um, so in my case, it just felt like, again, you know, looking at, at the way that Finn handles his business. So his his handle on like social media, as far as like his YouTube channel and all that stuff in his website is the Punk Rock NBA. Yeah. But he doesn't have a The Punk Rock NBA Instagram account. It's a Finn McKinty Instagram account. Right. And so everything radiates from his central personal brand mm-hmm. out to all of these other things. And so if you're going to try to use your skill set, your your know-how, your, you know, your body of work, it is better to do that from you know, as yourself than as some sort of disconnected a personal entity. Mm. It's better to go, no, this is me, I do this, this is what I make.
1: And by the way, I do other people, things too.
0: Exactly. <clears throat> and I don't have to worry about doing, you know, it, it, it's not that like, if you don't follow my other accounts, I'm still posting to the members only account. I'm still posting to the, the cover band confidential account. Sure, I'm just also posting a lot of that stuff to my personal account.
1: Yeah,
0: And, you know, because I've got this massive like log of content, I can kind of creatively cross pollinate and pull stuff that may have, I may have posted couple months ago on a different account to the one that I'm on right now. And just, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a more sustainable method of content creation and curating your social media profile. Yeah. So very cool. Yeah. It was just more a matter of kind of getting out from, you know, not painting myself into a corner.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. So yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I think, I think my, my parting thought about fans is, um, um the the best stance you can take about people is to love them and to connect with them and um yes. and i recommend it it's you know more fun than the alternative and uh and ends up um producing the kind of connection that we're there to have as musicians anyway so um yeah. and it's really rewarding when um when that con- connection persists longer than a night you know it's been months with with a lot of these people um Coming up on years, actually, yeah, and uh, and and it's great to have them in my life, and it's great to know that, um, um, you know, I just they're reliable to show up at my stuff and um and to love it and to give me great feedback. It's not you know good and bad. They are yeah, not not shy. Um, you know, when I was doing the acoustic karaoke stuff, these yeah. were my regulars. These are my people who were there every yeah. time. Diane always did. Um, me and Bobby McGee was our tune for that. And, um, and zombie, she was big on zombie too. Nice. Uh, Back when we were doing that stuff. So,
0: well, and, and, you know, another way to think about this, you know, we, if we're, if we're going from like a digital, digital kind of, um, mindset to like a real world mindset, like they're your patrons. Yeah. Yes. These are people who are, who are actively supporting you in the work that you're doing. Absolutely.
1: No, no doubt whatsoever. Absolutely. Right.
0: And, and you need to, you need to, you know, you would be, better off to foster relationships um you know however you you can yep you know for for members only we actually have set up a separate fan group that's so we have the page and we've got all of our social media accounts but then i have a smaller group that's just for what i consider our core fan base Mm. and you know what treaty kind of talking about like patreon and that kind of thing is that you know, when we have new merch ideas, um, I, I send stuff out there. I say, hey guys, here's some new designs. What do, which ones are your favorites? Cool. Or, um, you know, before we publicly announce a date, maybe we've got um, a pre-sale link that hasn't been announced yet and you you can put it on that group. Right. So there's, there's very, I guess, low barrier of entry ways to engage and reward yeah. fans. Yeah. Or, you know talking about other bands like just one off the top of my head is a a band out of uh, milwaukee called lords of the trident um who are a pretty i mean they're like a like a power metal band Mm -hmm. but they have a very they have a very wide um fan base and they've got a pretty solid patreon community that they've built so not only are they playing shows and, and recording and releasing music but they have all this kind of supplementary content that they create for their dedicated fan base that is either on YouTube or on Patreon exclusively, like they get way into it. Um, you know, they, they're one of their guys makes like leather armor. (laughs) And so you can get like branded Lords of the Trident, like armor pieces, sweet. you know, bound leather gauntlets and things (laughs) like that. That's, you know, that's all that's, that's a way that they engage with the people that want to stay engaged with them. Right. There's there's no one way to do this. Exactly.
1: Know? Exactly. So. Yep. Yep, and we got to get creative these days, you know, so. Yeah.
0: Um armor clearly. I, yeah, I, you know, I hate to to keep bringing Fint up, but he posted a video today on his secondary channel about why bands need to stop bitching about Spotify and um talks a lot about like um like the whole kind of the way that capitalism works in general that like, you know, who has the leverage is it like does the, the buyer has some leverage and the vendor has some leverage and the distributor has some leverage and just trying to find like your, your job if you're trying to make this into a, um, a business is to find the right leverage point in order to be able to, um, you know, build that following and also generate revenue if that is your ultimate goal. So there you go. And we'll, we'll figure out how to do it someday.
1: Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, we're, talking like we have this all figured out
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know we're 120 episodes in you know we, we we've got a clearly very, yeah we're pros very now. Yeah. small and very small very small dedicated patreon community yeah um that uh you know keeps the lights on as they say i think with the with the amount of patronage we get i think it it, it supplements my power bill that's good to keep the actual lights. Got to do
1: that. Those you're you're under some lights, man, down there in the basement. It's I've
0: got it's I've bright. got four of them pointing right at me right now. So
1: those lights oh. are thus That's not cheap.
0: Absolutely, got to keep me in um in designer in air, oxygen. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I wish it was flavored. At least it could be could be like grape air or something.
0: I bet you someone makes that somewhere. Strawberry air. This one is just good old good old fashioned air.
1: Plain flavor. old. You
0: know. Here I'm. You guys get a free one. Free hits on me. <gasps> Oh baby, there you go. Nice.
1: I like the way. So for those of you, anyone watching the video, the green canister lid is chroma keying out, and so it looks like just a hole in Adam's head. It's it's pretty good. Yeah,
0: that's why you know that's why we do this. It is a visual medium.
1: It's not, but well, for some people it is, but mostly for some people it is. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, guys, um, I'll go ahead and say that we totally nailed it this week. I would say. I think another like just home run, flam dunk, mm. grand slam, mm. like, like the Denny's grand slam. That's, that's what we just did. We just served it on a plate for you. Might've been moons over Miami.
1: not sure.
0: Oh, uh, never had that one, but, uh, it's good. They're good things. Good. Yeah. Anyhow guys, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Um, best way for you to support us. Really the best way is to, uh, share these episodes on your social media accounts. Uh, Facebook, You know, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter are much better ways for you to share um, what we are doing uh, than anything that Apple or Spotify or soon-to-be Amazon Music will be, yeah, providing. So um, take a screenshot of uh, what, oh, wait, wanted to say thanks to Timothy and to Matthew for tuning into the live stream. Um, But yeah. Take a screenshot of the episode, put it on the um, put it on your Instagram story. Tag us at coverbank Confidential, at Dan Ray Music, at Adam Patrick Johnson, uh, so we can see it. We can share it and just spread the word. That's the best way for you guys to help us out. Um, if you want to do other things, you can do the things that Dan is about to tell you what to do. I am. But otherwise, I'll go ahead and call for this week. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. From Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. From
1: Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray.
0: You've been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 120. Have a great week.
1: Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. If you want to help us, be sure to share us with your friends, follow us on social media, and if you haven't already, please leave a review for us on the podcast platform of your choice. Facebook.com slash Cover Band Confidential, Instagram at Cover Band Confidential, and Twitter at Cover Band Confid. If you have any questions, please email us at coverbandconfidential at gmail.com and consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com coverbandconfidential. And for more info, check out www.coverbandconfidential.com.